the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton from the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, the chapter leader of Act for America in Corona, a nationwide national security organization. And we'll soon be meeting our guest today, Kevin Bautier from France. From France and a student at UCR. You know, I was uh, joking before we got started. I, you know, we, we, we actually have a guest who's a member of what I would call the endangered species list. What's that? Well, that's someone that is young and conservative and politically engaged and has a uh, an actual global worldview of what's really going on around the world and is grounded in facts and 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 a and a true understanding of what's at stake for Western civilization. To be able, we can't get a couple of those guys in Congress. <laughs> About that, well, maybe we can convince Kevin to run here. Yeah, you mentioned Kevin's name. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us today, Kevin. Kevin, you're Thank a student you. at UCR. Um, you've started a political club at UCR. You've seen what's going on in France. You grew up there. Uh, we know that last year there were two terror attacks in France. Uh, one at the beginning of the year at Charlie uh, with the Charlie Hebdo terror attack, and then later in the year. Um, you know, with what was called the Bataclan uh, terror attack. And then your neighbor, Brussels, uh, suffered another uh, terror attack. So uh, we've got a lot to get into. So truly, welcome to the country. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here and to represent the Riverside Republican Assembly. And I'll try to answer the questions at the best of my knowledge. You're going to do fine. And your uh, accent and your... Uh, your speech. I mean, I love the accent. Do you find that that uh, gets you any uh, scores you any points here in the United States? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. But it also brings questions all the time. Well, yeah. good. So let's uh, let's start with this. You know, um, you are a conservative on, and we talk about this a lot. We talk about how uh, the education institutions in our country. Are at, or what what I would refer to as part of the axis of indoctrination. We have uh, professors and, to a large degree, a student body that is decidedly liberal, um, that lean in some circles. Uh, you know, twenty, thirty, forty percent. Who knows what the number? Marxist. What's life like on the UCR campus for a young conservative in that environment? What do you, what do you experience, sort of, on a daily basis? You know, it's not too hard. Sometimes I get questions. When people see the Trump sticker on my laptop. Wow. Regist- That's bold. 
<laughs> I understand you sit down right in front of the professor and open it up so you can so he can make sure uh, that he sees it. Exactly, and uh, it brings some interesting conversations, especially if professors, not really with students, you know, it, I only receive feedback from those who support him and those who oppose him don't really say anything about it, to be honest. And so yeah, I transferred to Riverside last year and I'm very, I'm starting to really enjoy the Inland Empire and its people. Is there an attempt there to in, to indoctrinate and change the political views of the students by the professors? To be honest, I don't really think so. They don't go, they don't really, I'm studying business, accounting especially, and they don't go beyond the the, the class material. Oh, that's refreshing to hear. Now, maybe if you were, do you have, do you know students that are, say, in uh, political science or sociology or liberal arts where they're exposed to possibly more of that? Yes, that's true. I've heard things that they approach things with a, with a bias and from certain angle, but from personal experience, I can't really talk about talk That's about fine. It. That's fine. How many of your fellow students share your beliefs? Is this, is, are you the only guy there? or I mean, Is there 5%, 10%, 20% that you would say that uh, share your conservative beliefs? I mean, f- first of all, in the club I preside, the Riverside Republican Assembly, mo- all of, I'm 25 years old and I'm the oldest. And most of us, we all go to UC Riverside and we're having a good experience and there is much more young conservative than you can imagine. Well, that's... That's also a refreshing note. Do you find among the students that there is a, a conversation or not not the students that are conservative like you that are in your club, um, but that among the students that are they politically aware? Are they talking about it? Is there uh, is there a large uh, contingent of students that are excited about Bernie Sanders and socialism? Yes, especially Bernie Sanders. He brought a lot of interest. And today, the culture, the mainstream culture, is all about fairness. And and students believe in more and more social programs. But in fact, they are trading freedom for freebies. And this strategy might be great short term, but long term, it can have awful consequences. Do the students there think, <clears throat> do, they, do they appreciate that they, or do they understand that they don't have as much freedom and opportunity as their parents and grandparents have? And then do they, what do they attribute that to? You know what, they attribute this to probably a bad economic conjuncture. That's what they believe. They believe also about, they're starting to realize that we are losing on the trade markets and the H-1B visas are not working well for them when they graduate, and that's starting to be a threat, to be honest, when they have, let's say, when a company, especially the Silicon Valley Buccaneer, they rather employ Indian engineers rather than American engineers. Interesting. You mentioned H-1B visas because that's the that's the visa class that's been broadly abused by companies like Disney, uh, the gas company in Southern California, uh, other technology companies. Uh, H-1B visas, that's, you know, where sure. American and, uh, employees have been replaced by... Y- yes, I mean, it's no secret to anyone. The Democrats outnumber us. But I'm pretty sure when my, my fellow millennials are going to start paying taxes, they might change their political affiliation. Well, that would be the hope, yes. That, that's, well, Bill Whittle, who spoke at our uh, at our conference earlier this year... Was explaining he goes to college campuses sometimes and gives presentations and they're all into fairness they're all into the socialism and and so on, and then he says okay well you all have smartphones why don't we hand them over here we'll go sell them and we'll distribute the money to the homeless people. No one wants to give up their phone. 
to help the homeless people. Yeah, very few people want to, you know, they're all about, let's let immigrants and even illegal immigrants come into the country. Let's establish sanctuary cities. But when it comes to unlocking their own front door to let those people in, it's like, no, I don't think so. So that's the uh, not in my backyard. We're talking to Kevin. And how do you pronounce your last name, Kevin? I'm looking at it here, but I want to make sure. It's B-A-U-T-I-E-R, but you can pronounce it as you want it. B- no problem. Bautier. Bautier. Bautier is fine. I've heard Bautier also, and everything works for me. We're talking to Kevin Bautier. He is a student at UCR. Uh, he was born in France, um, has established a Republican as one of the co-founders. Are you the founder or are you a co-founder? What would you? No, I, I ignited the ID, and I, I have a board. I have many positions out there. I have a vice president. Okay. Secretary. So you got a whole board of folks there. Oh, You've yes. established what's what you're calling the Riverside Republican Assembly, which is a chapter of the California Republican Assembly. And I uh, want to get into in our next segment, uh, I want to tease this a little bit. Um, being from France, uh, we'd like to get your sort of bird's eye, you know, what, what was it like growing up in France as it relates to this, uh, you know, multicultural sort of uh, matrix that's being laid over Europe and the influence that the immigration wave from uh, the Middle East is having on that. And uh, we'll do that right after the break from... We appreciate the support of Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation for this show and the Unite IE Conservative Conference. Uh, That's the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with, I'll pronounce it any way I want to, Kevin, the American way, Boutier. Sounds perfect. (laughs) (laughs) After this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. You know, one of the things, Greg, that we talk about at our meetings is how important it is to get young people involved. Why at our meetings do we not see more folks that are young at our meetings? And that's why I started the program off. We have an endangered species with us today, a young 25-year-old conservative going to school, set actively active politically, has set up a Republican conservative club at the, on the campus of UCR, and he's from France. Which you know that kind of defies logic right there. If you if you grow up in France, I would think your default mode, Kevin, would be liberal. Yes, but I, I've seen the the negative effect of liberalism. I've experienced them at first hand. First of all. You want to talk about the Islamization in France? Yeah, let's get into that. I'm going to talk about my personal experience. I grew up in, a, let's say, an exotic neighborhood in the beautiful city of Nice in the south of France. That's where I'm from, the downtown. 
And, you know, Don, I have no doubt that your audience know, knows that in the close future, France and many other U European countries will become majority Muslim countries. And th this fast demographic transition is going to have tremendous con consequences on European societies. A and How did it affect you? And it raises m many challenges. How did it affect you? How did it affect me? I mean, I, I went to... to, to both Catholic and then after I ended it in public school and it didn't affect me much. I mean, I live in the neighborhood and I mean, surprisingly, almost everybody gets along well. Does Nice, the city that you grew up in, does Nice, does Nice have a a, a, contin a population of, uh, that you would consider a, a Muslim population it, in Nice? It is significant. It is significant. And in France, the, the, the effort of integration is a total failure. I mean, we have a complete entire Muslim neighborhood where police would not even step a foot in. Really? And yes, and, and a lot of French citizens from a Muslim ancestry, either from Africa, from, from Arabic, or from Eastern Europe, European descent, and sometimes they've been there for generations, and they still despise the country they live in. Yeah, After we, generations? We have, same, we have the same thing here. They're, they're called liberals. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we see it during, uh, during a soccer game when either Tunisia or Algeria plays. Mm -hmm. Okay. Each of supporters gather with their national flag, and you know it, it's more a, a show of force than a sports celebration, in my opinion. And, and really? mutualism and integration is total failure in France, total failure. And also from a spiritual point of view, it's very one-sided. Very few Christians, and as a fact, churches are now transforming into mosques. And just by the fact of nativity, Muslims will be the majority in the near future in most European countries. Yeah. And, but is there pushback? I read there's now some pushback on this. People say, hey, wait a minute. We don't really want to be you know, Saudi the, Arabia. The, there is a pushback. There is many conservative in Europe, but it's probably around 25, 30% in most countries. And 25, 30%, you know, everybody knows it, that never wins an election. Okay, but isn't, isn't um, Le Pen, uh, who's, who wants to, to, to restrict, if not end, the, the immigration, she's a leading candidate for president next year in France. Yes, yeah, she's the leading candidate, but it, it, there is two rounds. And at the second round, she's going to be facing either uh, the UMP, UMP or the, the Socialist Party, and all the voters are going to vote against her. So she's going to lose, like what happened uh, 10 years ago with her father who ran, and it's going to be the same thing. She's going to lose by a landslide. And you talked about the challenges that this brings. And many guys, mostly Muslims, they're not partaking in society. They are being pushed aside. And that's, that makes a fertile ground for radicalization. And this situation is not safe. And it's going to bring further attack. And maybe attacks are going to be a routine in, in France and in Europe. But, see, but ultimately, it's up to the people, just like it is here. I mean, if they want to keep their country... They can make that choice. If they want to give up their country, they can give up that choice. They, they have that choice. It is, but you know, they are very far, far behind, and natality is working against them. Have you ever been have – you, have you personally uh, – how long has it been since you uh, actually lived in France continuously? I know you've probably taken trips back there. Yeah, but I was there last summer, but I lived there from my birth till I was 21 years old. Okay. So have you ever had the uh, occasion – to personally go in or near what these no-go zones are? You know what? There is a few bad zones in my where I live in Nice, right by, and we can see that Friday during the prayer, they just cut the street and pray. They go right That's out in the street, yes. huh? 
yes, that's a b- big problem. And and the immigration also that that is almost exclusively Muslim that is being brought up to Europe and it's coming every day. We see dozens of new immigrants just in my hometown in Nice, dozens by every day, and none of them speaks French. And I don't know how they, they can integrate or improve the, the society. And it's a lot of immigrants. They want things. They want free ride, take advantage of social programs. Leaving aside the Muslim issue, how is it different going growing up in France or in Europe than America? What are the cultural differences? What are the educational differences aside from the uh, Islamization? You know what? First off, the high school in French, they're only academically oriented. There is no such thing as sports program. Just go to class from eight to four, and that's it. So, so I, I think the the average level of high schooler is greater in Europe, but that's it. We, there is no other programs. There is no such a community aspect like there is here. Now, in France, is there a, is there a differentiation by high school? Of, you know, you're going into the trades or versus you're on a college program. Is there a differentiation in the schools at that level? Yes, there is. But, but the trade school starts in when you are 14 years old, let's say. And, uh, I mean, it's the same thing. It's basically the, the students who, are, who don't have good grades, they are pushed aside towards those trades. And, and very few actually really want to do it. So, and everybody's like pushed, like here, it's, they are pushed to, towards higher education, they are pushed towards university, and, and the level of university, as a consequence, go down like it, it is here, I mean. When you got here, did you find that you were better educated than your peers? I think so. I did very well in junior college. I went to junior college, I transferred at UC Riverside. I, I did pretty well. You talked about participation trophies and the difference. Tell us about that. In which regard? In America, the, the the participation trophy philosophy uh, yes. versus how it is in France. I mean, it is how Bernie brought it up. I mean, in Bernie's mind, if someone ever achieved something, it was because it was on the back of someone else. Is that the is that the overriding um, belief in France? Is that if you're successful, that you did it at the expense of someone else? Yes, it is. And you know, Donald Trump is not very liked in France because in the media, he is always introduced like. Donald Trump, the billionaire. And so it's just by... Like billionaire is like it's an insult. It's, it's, perce- like- it's very perceived negatively. Like it is going on here also. I mean, corporation has become a bad word. Corporation has become something evil. Is that right? Well, they're definitely trying to make that happen. I, I think corporations are the best invention of modern uh, uh, Western civilization. The idea that you can start a business that has a life of its own, that can go beyond... Uh, you know, your li- extend beyond your lifespan exactly. you can know, insulate you from, uh, you know, liability. Um, exactly. And that's why I'm here. I want to live the American dream. I want to partake. Is the American dream still alive? Of course it is. All right. I guarantee well, you it is. And you're going to do whatever you can to keep it alive, right, yes, Kevin? There, there is plenty of hope. All right. I like that. Time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, uh, sponsor of this show and our Unite IE Conservative Conference, place to go for your real estate lending needs. More with Kevin Bocchier after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. 
What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. H.L. Mencken said that the urge to save humanity is almost if always a false face for the urge to rule it. Man, that's way too deep for me. I, I just... I, I can't. Kevin gets it. Kevin gets it. Our guest this this uh, hour uh, on our Unite IE program is uh, Kevin Beltier. He is a student. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. Perfect. Student at UCR, and uh, also uh, on his uh, notch of accomplishments in his short twenty five years, um, he's a guy. You know, I, I'm thinking back to when I was twenty five. I didn't. I don't even think I knew that there was a political world out there to the extent that there is i mean i think i i voted uh back then certainly i know i voted for reagan in 1980 uh but i i don't know that i really got it but you you the great thing is you get it and as a part of that you've set up a group we have in the state of california an organization called the california republican assembly and they have chapters throughout the state and you decided to set up a chapter of the California Republican Assembly, and you draw from students, uh, the student body. You draw from the community as members of that. What was the what was your inspiration for actually deciding to set up a group? You know what, my inspiration was the the CRA itself. They lead by example. I was out there at the California Republican Party convention in Burlingham, San Francisco, and I met with Tom Hudson, who is the president of the the CRA. California Republican Assembly, and their value, they just resonated in my heart. I, I believe in. I believe we have inalienable rights. I'm very pro-life. I love the Second Amendment, free enterprise. That's why I'm here. And also, I love small government because I've experienced bad policies firsthand. And I've, I was in admiration of the organization because every member was very knowledgeable and passionate about, uh, about these values. And I got help with... Uh, I got help from local local clubs in Los Angeles, especially the one in Los Angeles with William Morrison, who helped, who helped us set us set the group up, and also Bob Cowell from Marietta, who was our first guest speaker. And I've had a good news this morning. My secretary told me, Don, that you would be speaking for us in August. Is that right? I got the request from your secretary. Yeah. I got your, from your secretary, Josephine. Is she your secretary? Yes, she yep. is. I got this request. and uh, How do we get a secretary? I know, right? What kind of budget do you, are you working with there? No, you got we, a secretary. You got. We are a nonprofit so far. And <laughs> nonprofit, no revenue. Uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, no, was, that, was that your chauffeur in the lobby here, out in the, no, the parking lot? No, we, we are fueled by passion and there, service also. That's there what you we go. run on. That's, uh, it, it, How can it, people connect with your group? We, can, I mean, we have a Facebook page, Riverside Republican Assembly, or you can go, just come to our meeting. If you are more physical than virtual, we meet every second Monday of the month. Location varies, but 
Next uh, Monday, we are meeting at the Mexicali restaurant in Riverside. Beautiful. That's great. What time? And we're going to have a wonderful speaker called Michael Emerson, who's going to speak about the influence of the media and how it promotes liberalism. And we are meeting at 6 p.m. That's July the 11th. Yes, sir. At Mexicali Restaurant. And Michael Emerson, great guy. I've heard him speak. We've had him as a speaker for our uh, coalition meetings. And uh, he talks all about branding and messaging. And uh, he has a media and Hollywood background. Uh, so that's a great speaker for you to have. It is. It is. And, you know, we try to be a very active grassroots movement because we did the math. And we know that Democrats yet number us. And the only way we can win elections is that we're being more dedicated and loyal. And today we have around 50 members, and I'm reaching out to, you, to your listeners, and just be proactive. We have to win these elections. They are too important for us not to be passive and, and, and let the Democrats win again and put their bad agenda in execution. Well, it is so refreshing to have someone that is uh, young and filled with passion, understands the conservative message, is willing to do the things that are necessary in order to uh, keep it alive, and also to uh, get that message out there. And I would imagine that you guys are fairly involved. Were you uh, involved with some of the primary, local primary elections? Yes. You went out and walked for uh, some, yeah, we, some folks? We do a lot of precinct, a lot of phone calls. And we are working closely with Mr. Doug Shepard and Mr. Diaz. Mr. Doug Shepard is running in the 41st District of Congress against Mark Takano. And you know, this election is bringing a lot of excitement. On one hand, we have Shepard, who's a man, you know, it's a man I look up to. He has a sincere, sincere desire to become a public servant, and he's backed by a long-lasting record of doing what is right in his professional life. We are at the end of our segment right now, but we're going to keep you over for the second half. We're going to talk local politics, what's going on uh, in the nation, and uh, really a pleasure to have you here. Kevin, who's a member of the, uh, U- who's a student at UCR and a member of the California Republican Assembly. More on the Unite IE Radio Show after this. I'll keep my freedom. Watch the news and have to wonder if this country's going crazy. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, where we say that this is the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And we really encourage people to get involved with the many groups that are connected to the uh, Unite IE Coalition. We're nothing more than a networking group, really, that encourages people through this radio show to get involved in their local communities, to become a part of the solution, to push back on oh so many things. And one of the topics that we often bring up is the topic of the indoctrination that occurs on our campuses. And our guest for this hour is Kevin Beltier, right? Yes, sir. And he's a student at UCR, and he is somebody that is taking an active role, something we would love to see young folks do in the political uh, in, in the political realm. Heck, if, if, if conservatives across the country were as active and engaged as Kevin is, we could be, save the country. Be game over. It, it really would. So Kevin has started on his, uh, on his campus – uh, or in the area of his campus. It's not exactly connected with the campus, but you draw from conservative students on campus. I know you've got a number of them, uh, one of which who's been on our radio show, Varak Tep 
uh, has been. Did I say that right? Yes, sounds good. <laughs> and you guys have have you know, so many people with names that are uh, hard to pronounce, which is good. I like that. Exotic. Yeah, that's true diversity. Your, true diversity at your at your club. Something that uh, Republican that uh, Democrats claim Republicans don't have much of, but your club has. Diversity, men, women, students, uh, old and young folks, uh, broad broad diversity at yes. your club. You know, we have good diversity, but we are united by common values. And we, we love America. That's it. We love America. We love Americanism and... We don't want to give it. We don't want to give it up. That's it. Well, you love you love what you're doing so much. How did you, got, wait, how, how did you come to love Americanism, an American, come growing up in France? It was very recently. I mean, I, I like the opportunities there are here. You know, France, especially the south of France, where I'm from, it's a beautiful place. If you want to go on a vacation, you can enjoy yourself, have a good two weeks. But not so much if you want to have a business. Not so much if you want to raise a family. And Why is that? That's the thing I'm looking forward to. Why is that? It's very not very not a lot of space, and there is pretty. I've experienced firsthand bad policy and bad policy in the form of. Uh, so you're talking about so it's, it's difficult to form a business in France. Is it taxation? You know, I've, I've experienced. I, growing up, I was upheld by the government and the impact it had on everybody's life, from socialized medicine to outrageous taxation, but also anti-business law. The government is not is preventing its own citizen to better their lives. Sounds like California. Yes. Yeah, yes. so so you went from uh, <laughs> you went from the the kettle into the pot or what do they say the pot into the frying pan? The frying pan into the fire. There you go. The frying pan into the fire. So yeah, I mean our impression is you got high tax rates in France, yes? Through the roof. Through the roof. So if you start a business, are there hurdles to starting a business? Regulations, oversight. If you want to open up a uh, say a manufacturing business, you got to you you have like an EPA to contend with, uh, regulations that you gotta you've got to meet in order to get that business started. Or, oh, of course, yeah, of course. It's it's. I think it's tougher than in California. I would say California is probably the hardest in the U.S. And France is even one step harder. Now you wanted to add on to what you said before in our first segment about college students and immigration and the H one B visas. Yes, that's a big topic and. You know what? UCR is honestly, it's not the leading UC. We we know it, and but it's the leading in hope. It's not the leading school within within the UC system, is what you're saying. Academically, it's not the leading one, but it's the leading one in first generation college attendee. And for many, UCR is synonym of hope, synonym of a better future. Of and this future is jeopardized by the H one B visa. I mean, no, wait, I, w- I want to capture this statistic you just said, because that's not something I was aware of. You said UCR is one of the leading universities for first, uh, first generation, generation. Uh, foreign students. No, not foreign. I think American students, I would say. Yeah. So the first person in their family yes. to go to college. Got it. Okay. First generation students. First generation to go to college. Interesting. So do, do, is there, I mean, maybe there's a growing sense of the students that... Government policy impacts their future and the, and their job prospects. Hey, not so much. It's a, Bernie has a lot of traction out there, mm. and um, I mean they just have to come to a realization. So your job as a political group and a student of conservative beliefs is to evangelize on that campus. It is, you know, it's to touch the heart and minds of my peers and and also tell them that trading 
freedom for freebies is not the solution. Do you have a lot of discussions with, I mean, are you able to engage with the liberal students and you go back and forth and is, 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 are you having that debate with them or is it just you, you, you can't talk to each other, you just talk past each other? I try to be very social. I try to talk with people and it goes down to opening mind and touching hearts and telling them that, 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 that I mean, the way civilization was built on conservative principles. Have you been able to convert, convert anybody? To some extent, yes, sir. You've had some success in opening some minds that are decidedly liberal. It is a big challenge, and I, I'm competitive, and I love challenges. Something I relish. They also wanted to elaborate on the local races with Tucano and Shepard and others. Y- yes, I, I was uh, talking about Doug Shepard, and he, he has a tremendous volunteer team. And, uh, I mean, he's facing the incumbent, Mark Tucano, who is, in my opinion, he forgot who is supposed to represent He's not serving the 41st district interest, and he's promoting his own agenda, and he's also trivializing abortion. And I think the 41st deserves better than Tecano. And we are also engaged with um, Hector Diaz, who's running for state assembly, and he's facing Mark. Med- he's facing, excuse me, he's facing Medina, and Medina, who was notorious for having pushed the $15 minimum wage. And on the other hand, Mr. Diaz, he's a business owner. He wants to bring back common sense solutions to the ineffective state government in Sacramento. Sweet. Well, I'm sure the both of them appreciate the fact that they've got young, energetic people to go out and uh, walk neighborhoods on their behalf. You mentioned before that you and your, and your conservative peers, you love America. You believe in America. You believe in the American principles, the American dream. Uh, yes, we to love what, to we, what okay, To what extent and I, do your fellow American-born students believe in America or have they been taught that America is basically a bad unfair country and they don't believe in the country you know that's the last thing you said is probably the general atmosphere that is reigning out there and I think they believe in globalism that's the thing and I like I like myself I like American exceptionalism because think about it why 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 is America so great is it because of natural resource the people the government planning wisdom no it's not it's because the government is not allowing to do some things that the government can do in other countries. And this freedom is paying good dividends for its people, and it's wonderful, and we should keep this. And I'm going to repeat myself, but trading freedom for freebies is going to impact the society tremendously. Thank you very much for that. And it's time for a word from the sponsor of this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. I'm back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. 
So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, where, like Will Rogers, we thank God we don't get all the government we pay for. <laughs> Which is more and more and more. You know, I was, I was talking to somebody from the uh, Building Industry Association not too long ago. Um, was seated at a table with him at an, at an event. And he was going through, speaking of paying for stuff, exactly how much of the cost of a brand new house goes to one level of government or another, and it accounts for somewhere between sixty to $70,000 for the cost of a new house. Now, when you compare that to other states, we are like 10 to 15 times more expensive just in the fees required for these developers to break ground. Sure, and government creates a housing problem. It comes to any problem. Then, of course, the solution of is more the Democrats government. is more government to try to counteract the bad effects of the prior government policy. Yep. Now, uh, next topic we want to get into with Kevin, and he was talking about this during, during the break, is the connection between our freedom and morality. And you, and you, you had some quotes from two of our founders on that subject. Oh yes, I mean m- morality is. I mean, the, the government can only work when for moral people, right? I mean, it's not, I'm not the one who said this. It's John Adams himself. He said that our constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It, it is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. Who said that? John Adams. John Adams said, "We have to be a moral people in order for our constitution to work." Do you see? Society going in a moral or immoral direction, Kevin. You know, one thing I'm very surprised of is all those commercials, slip and fall, class action lawsuit, and all the lawyers advertising. Hey, what's wrong with that? And that doesn't doesn't spread a positive <laughs> message. Said, said, said the lawyer in our group. <laughs> it doesn't spread a positive message, and you know what? I, I think a parallel can be drawn between these ads and the liberal politicians who promise voters to fight for them. Some, it's, it's all about getting something for nothing. There's someone that you're going to get money. We're going to take money from someone else and give it to you. It is pure demagoguery. Absolutely. So, so Kevin, you are paying attention to what's going on politically. We had a big week politically. Um, you know, we had a hearing this week with uh, FBI Director Comey in Congress uh, talking about the uh, final sort of verdict that's been rendered on Tuesday. Uh, with the, uh, e- the, the all of the hearings. <laughs> Last week, we had the Benghazi hearing. We're in the middle of a heated, uh, we, not the Benghazi hearing, but the final report on Benghazi. Uh, we've had so much that has, has slammed us. Do your peers on campus, are, is this what they're taught? Do they talk about any of what's going on in the country? It is. You know, it's political season right now. So those are the most important topics, I would say. Everybody's concerned about it, watching the news, watching the development. But you know what? Personally, I'm not really interested about the hearing story because I, I wish Republicans were come along with with answers to, to counter Hillary's past 
and future policies if she ever be becomes a president. We can talk about, there's a plenty of talk about her Arab Spring management and plenty to talk about 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 what she wants to do in the future. So that that's what we should focus on because Comey, he made his mind, you know what he talked, he probably backpedaled a little bit. And, and he's a good lawyer, he's a top lawyer. And if he's not taking this case, it's because he knows he's not going to win it. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm going to differ with you there. It's not a question of do you know if you're going to win it or not. She And, and I've, I went through and, and wrote an, an, a piece on this and looked at the statutes. Hillary Clinton, she is guilty as hill. She's not guilty as hell. She's guilty as hill. And there was a political decision made not to, not to, not to prosecute her. And aside from the classified information statutes, it is a federal crime to conceal or destroy federal records. And there is no question that by putting her emails on her own server, so they were not available for congressional subpoena, they were not available for FOIA requests, she concealed government records. She destroyed the emails. Yeah, they produced some paper copies of some of them, not all of them, but they destroyed the electronic versions of those documents. And those are and in discovery in, in lawsuits, getting the electronic original versions. That's important. You know, having listened to the hearings Thursday morning, I'm actually going to differ with you a little bit on that because you know Kevin made the point he didn't think he could win the case. One of the things that I thought was very instructive from those hearings uh, Thursday morning was the differentiation between what Petraeus went through, what uh, the Navy um, seaman, and I forget his name, uh, there was another case that was brought up, that there was some substantial differences between the Hillary Clinton case. Now, I'm not disagreeing that she didn't commit uh, a crime, potentially. But what, but when the FBI and the, and the Department of Justice chose to prosecute these other cases, there were elements in those other cases that were way more egregious. You had Petraeus actually actively hiding evidence in his attic, lying about the fact that he even had that stuff. So there are elements that made those cases even more. But there was another aspect that came out during the hearings that Trey Gowdy brought out. And that is that our that the regulations aren't clear enough that we actually, by not prosecuting this case, we've actually set up a culture potentially within government where government officials can now take the Hillary defense and commit some of these crimes, dodging the intent of these regulations that she was she would have been easier to sort of convict had she continued to be an employee of government because she definitely ran afoul of regulations but the question of whether or not she committed felonies that were prosecutable is where as it lies at the heart of his recommendation he didn't think that it was a a a case that was going to be necessarily one, that there was more risk in this, that it was substantially different than these other things. And I think as a result of these hearings, what we learned is that Congress needs to tighten this up. They need to produce additional regulations so that future Hillary's are much more easily prosecutable than Hillary Clinton would have been. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to quote the statutes. They're too long for me to read on. on oh the yeah, air, no. on, on the air. Only but thing no. that is, I think Hillary is getting stronger from this. She's getting a lot of independent voters because it seems like the world come on her and she's innocent at the end, and it's helping her. I'm not, I'm, I don't think so. I, th I think this helps Donald Trump's position. The, the system is rigged. 
Anyone else? Okay, you, Bernie Sanders. Is, anyone, that, is that a surprise? <laughs> no, but Trump said, tr- Donald Trump says this too. It is rigged. There's, one, there's a different set of standards for the ruling elite. And this is another example. The former head of the EPA, whose name escapes me, she was using a private email for her business. Illegal. She resigned and now has a cushy, well-paying job at Apple. When you're part of the ruling elite, there's just the rule. One of the great things that tragedies about Obama and he's accelerated this is the concept of equality before the law and the rule of law have been further undermined dramatically. Well, then that was Trey Gowdy's point in the hearing. He he said that. He said essentially the perception is that we have a set of laws for uh, you know these highly placed government officials and a set of laws for John Q. Public, and that's the perception that the public comes away from this. You you literally have to listen to the three and a half hour hearings in its entirety to begin to understand why Comey took his position. Yeah. Here's the most important fact from the hearings Thursday morning: they brought her in for an interview, didn't put her under the FBI did not didn't put her under oath, and they did not even record the interview session and it is a crime to lie to the fbi that's what sent martha stewart to prison not anything not the underlying offense it was lying about it but if you don't have a recording of it then it's just a question well the agent says well this is what she said and she says no that's not what i said I'll, I'll one, how could you not how could you not record that session i'll one up you i think one of the most important aspects of the hearing on thursday morning was the revelation that jason chaffetz didn't realize that the FBI had not been tasked with evaluating whether or not Hillary Clinton perjured herself in her testimony before Congress. Because one of the things that he said was, one of the things Comey said was, the case hasn't been referred to the FBI. And Jason Chaffetz said, well, I will refer it before lunch. Further evidence of the fix. The FBI does not sit back and just wait for a referral to do, conduct any kinds of investigations. Oh, I, I don't think so. I think they, uh, no, I think that they do in many cases. I think that they're looking for, in a case like this, they're, at, they're looking for somebody to say, please look into this. Well, they, they don't need that. And they didn't even look at or evaluate the statutes governing destruction and concealing of federal records classified or not. The fix was in Clinton meets Lynch on the plane. Interview on a Saturday, not recorded. Next Tuesday, Clinton and Obama are on Air Force One flying to a campaign event paid for by taxpayer dollars. Another mm-hmm. question by that. That day, Comey comes out, well, notwithstanding clear evidence that she violated the laws, we're not going to prosecute her. And he, he worked overtime to acquit himself of any any wrongdoing. He had a one like a one and a half minute segment two minutes where he 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 basically said no one knew that i was going to do this tuesday morning now was it his own idea to insert himself in the political process we'll never know but what he said was i had i i did no one knew i was going to do this no one had influenced me to do this um there had been absolutely i'm proud of my team there have been absolutely no leaks that i was going to do this now does that take away from the fact that this all looks really dirty? No. But, you know, he, he did a great job of, of separating himself from the appearance of politics. Will that get buried in the hearings? Probably. No yeah. one will ever hear that except for if you're listening to our show. We're past time for, it's time for another break for uh, All-Star Collision, the uh, place to take your car if you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. 
When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. You know, the most important political office is that of private citizen and getting involved in groups around the Inland Empire that are doing the heavy lifting to do the work that we need to do to protect our values. Everything we've been talking with the UCR, Kevin, the UCR student that's been with us today is extremely important. We've got groups that have meetings coming up, one of which is the Act for America chapter in Corona. Tonight, we are going to screen the uh, Sebastian Gorka event that happened in the middle of July in Riverside. That event sold out. There were a lot of people that wanted to attend that. We video recorded it, and we're going to actually screen that event. So uh, the Act Corona meeting that's going to occur in Corona tonight we're going to actually show the video yeah. from the Sebastian Gorka event. That was a great one because I saw I saw most of the presentation on the on the Facebook stream, and that and Gorka is always great, but this is particularly good. And I'll just compliment you, Don, because both of the both you and Jen asked good questions to move the discussion along, but the, but let Gorka run with it and do most of the talking. And so it, it really was a great presentation. I'd encourage people to attend your meeting tonight. Thank you. And by the way, I said middle of July. I meant the middle of June when he was in Riverside. And then uh, coming up also tonight is uh, Doug Gibbs with the Constitution Association. They've got uh, their first annual fundraiser event that's going to happen down in the Temecula area. It's an anniversary dinner, and it's going to be uh, in... Wildemar at Miller's Farm, and it's just from 5 to 8 p.m., and there's dinner, and uh, Trevor Loudon, who was on our show uh, last week, and who spoke to the Redlands Tea Party Patriots this past Thursday, and did a great job, as always. G.R. Mobley, Mobley, Alan Myers, Doug Gibbs, our previous co-host, John Hancock, Jeanette Chun, who's very active in the pro-life movement. It's going to be a really good event, and you can find more information on that at constitutionassociation.com. And that's another good event if you're not already going to the Act for Corona meeting. And then also, uh, all of these events are posted at uniteie.com. That's our website, uh, our sort of hub for conservative activity throughout the Inland Empire. And then, of course, Kevin's meeting is going to occur, is going to be on July the 11th on Monday night. Monday night, Mexicali, Riverside, 1690 Sprouse Street, Riverside, 92507. In a few seconds, I want to say again what I said before. If most Americans, if, if conservative Americans were as active and engaged as you are, Kevin, we could save the country. So we're going to clone Kevin. Yes. Uh, that, that is very touching. Thank you. Tune in next week for another edition of the United Inland Empire radio program. That's going to do it for us. Gonna keep our God, our freedom, a little money. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.